Welcome to episode 170 of the GT on 5G. It's the latest inside scoop on everything 5G. We cover six topics in about 20 minutes, and it's brought to you by More Insights and Strategy. I'm Will Townsend, and joining me again this week is fellow analyst Anshul Sag. And we're going to get started with our inaugural 2023 5G Turkey Awards. So the day after Thanksgiving, I had this, this epiphany, and Anshul had the epiphany to buy prop. We're styling. What do you think? It just really fits my gigantic head, choking me a little bit here, but uh, <laughs> it, it fits the theme. Yeah, so if you typically listen to the audio version of our podcast, you'll probably want to tune into the video version this week, but let's get started. So we're going to talk about six of the biggest 5G turkeys in our opinion for this year, and the year's not even over yet, so there'll probably be a few more <laughs> before we end the year, but... My first turkey award goes to Dish Wireless and how it's fumbled its 5G deployment plans. We've talked about this on numerous podcasts, my friend. There's been management shuffles. It's just been a revolving door there. Charlie has sat on Spectrum for many years. We talked about this sale of Spectrum to T-Mobile and were purchased from T-Mobile and how they don't have the dollars to do it. And Boy, it was, Dish was so promising. It seemed like everyone was involved in cloud-native, fully disaggregated 5G deployment. But we've seen that accomplishing that objective is not simple. And in a complicate matters, this whole EchoStar thing coming together. But dude, I got to put Dish Wireless right up there with one of the biggest 5G turkeys of the year. So what do you think? I definitely agree. Even though technically their network launched last year. Um, yeah. Realistically, it wasn't really a nationwide launch until this year. I completely agree. I would, I'd probably put Dish uh, up there as far as these turkeys go to reiterate some of the things you said, but also add to it. They don't have enough money to buy Spectrum that they supposedly need. That, that Spectrum that was offered to them before they actually launched. This has been a multi-year effort to, to, for them to have this Spectrum. Yeah, And it was supposed to go to them whenever T-Mobile divested, right? That's a huge problem. And then also, they, they really, to your point, the, the concept shuffling of people is not a good move. They had a pretty big hack that affected them as well. I, I don't think, I think the Echo Star is a Hail Mary, to be yeah. honest. I think that Hail, the Echo Star is like Plan G, not Plan A. So I just think that we're in a point where we were really hoping for a competitive fourth carrier to enter the ring to, to put pressure on T-Mobile, AT&T, and Verizon. And I can't really say that they have or even no. made a valiant effort, to be honest. Um, yeah, and this story, this saga or story is not over yet, so it'll continue to, to play out. But yeah, um, interesting stuff. But let's go to your first Turkey uh, Award of the Year. And I think we talked about this most recently on a, a prior podcast, but it's, you, you love kind of finding those conspiracy theories. This was your favorite one of the year, right? Yes. I would say the big 5G turkey is all of them. Uh, because I, I don't really know how these people rationalize uh, these thoughts, but holy crap, none of them came true. No. Um, I'll, I'll even take a piece out of this and, Take a bite. It's, but, it, I'm not a zombie, right? None of us are. Right. <laughs> uh, the reality is, is that people are afraid of technology that they don't understand. 
Um, right. I think that's a part of why these things happen and education is important. And I think we are probably going to get a new crop of conspiracy theories with 6G. I think we're a little too far out still, yeah. but I, I have a strong 6G conspiracy theories in the next yeah. year. No, I, I agree. I think, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. I was going to say, they'll probably find something in the number of the beast and start six years, six times as powerful and six times as powerful. Right. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised. And we've been talking about these conspiracy theories for a few years now. We're well into the threads of the deployment of 5G. And early on, my thought was, hey, millimeter waves and something new and it's a much higher band spectrum and the propagation and performance is pretty intense. But honestly, man, if we look back at where we're at, there hasn't been a ton of millimeter wave deployment. It's just been in pockets or, you know, specialized use cases like in stadium venues and that sort of thing. That was my theory a couple of years ago, but I it just, I mean, I think to your point, it's just, it's with any new technology, there's just going to be uh, hysteria. You could almost align this with the 5G Turkey of millimeter wave. Um, <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah. That's a turkey. <laughs> right. I don't think we technically listed that one as a turkey, but I do think millimeter waves and venue operators failure to capitalize on the pandemic to deploy millimeter wave where it's going to be necessary yeah. or is necessary. And we don't have it today. It's very disappointing. Um, so I will say, uh, I'll even, when we edit this, I'll add this to millimeter wave as the, the real turkey with the millimeter, the, with the zombie issue, because yeah. 5G message testing wasn't 5G, but ended up probably sending most over 5G. The national message test was supposed to be a big 5G zombie apocalypse. That would never happen. But I do think millimeter waves is actually the real turkey here. And yeah, it's disappointing, but I do think we will get millimeter wave in well, a lot of places. It just won't be everywhere. It will just be where it's necessary. It was supposed to be how it was supposed to be deployed to begin with. For sure. For sure. Let's go to my second 5G Turkey Award of 2023. And this is a horse that I've beaten on numerous occasions. So this is the whole FCC and AN fighting over the possibility of 5G interference with commercial uh, aircraft altimeters. And there were exclusion zones set up and clearly the transportation secretary. And, and unfortunately at the FCC, there's just been such a lack of I won't say cohesive leadership, and it's been having flow, and we've talked about that on other podcasts as well. But this gets, in my in my opinion, a vote for one of the biggest five G turkeys of the year. And at the end of the day, it was a non-issue. Yeah, the sad part is, it was a five G turkey because it didn't have to be, right? But it ended up being one because it impeded everybody's ability to deploy C band. I'll say it probably didn't impede T-Mobile much because they didn't even have any A block. Right. But definitely Verizon and AT&T. Um, and I think it could have possibly delayed their rapid deployment. Obviously, mm -hmm. it's mostly around airports. Um, yeah. But there's a lot of airports in America and uh, there's a lot of air airports that are near where people live. Yeah. I do think it affected the experience and maybe set AT&T and Verizon back six months at least. To your point, I do think we have a resolution and it was a very, I don't know how to put it, ho and to a very heated debate. Yeah. All the way down to AT&T and Verizon 
placing, I believe, a, a full page ad in the Wall Street Journal right before Christmas. If you remember, I think that was last year. Man, the, the year has just flown by for us. I feel was it last year or this year? I thought it was Christmas of last year, but I could be mistaken. We've talked about this topic so often on the podcast, and I bet it raises its head again at some point before it's truly dead. But let, let's go to your second topic. And there, there was a use case that was really valued around, around 5G. And it really it has applicability to both consumer and enterprise. So you want to talk about that unmet expectation in that 5G turkey? Yeah. So this is something that has, to your point, more been more than a single year thing. Um, but it's really about 5G and AR and 5G and VR because I cover the ZR and AR space pretty closely. Yeah. And um, if you look at all the AR and VR headsets that are out there, not a single one of them has 5G, period. There was a headset that was announced like two years ago that was supposed mm -hmm. to have 5G built in, never came to fruition. And if you look at like the messaging and, and, and the industry talk, 5G is less of a component of that, even though for AR specifically to work, the way it needs to, 5G is going to be absolutely critical. But the expectation is that 5G modems, 5G connectivity are too power hungry and PCB intensive to fit in a wearable. So right now, the most of the industry is talking about having AR glasses tethered to your phone that might have a 5G. So that's the closest that we'll get, I think, in the near future to 5G with XR and at all. I don't really see Meta implementing it in any of their headsets today, but something to consider is that there's going to be uh, a shift eventually towards these immersive standards and technologies, and one day we will get 5G in devices, but it's a very long ways away, and it will very likely happen in AR first, if only in AR, just because AR, for it to really be useful, you've got to get out there and do it. Yeah. That said, there's a chance there's a chance that RedCap could improve that with integrations, but all the conversations I've had with people on the RedCap side, they don't really see RedCap modems being implemented in AR VR headsets for the foreseeable. Huh. Yeah, maybe it may be a latency and a throughput, you know, thing. I've seen some really interesting demos. I, I spent time with Verizon. This is probably three years ago uh, at the Alley, which is their one of their proof of concept labs and in, in, in Chelsea. And um, there was a, a medical startup that uh, was using augmented reality and surgical procedures and settings. And they were talking about how untethering that headset in an OR and using 5G as that, as that connection, uh, because obviously medical imagery is, is really heavyweight and, and, and that sort of thing. And we might see some applicability to very specialized and vertical type use cases. But yeah, I'm super surprised that this has become one of our Turkey recipients this year, because I would have certainly thought all the talk and the excitement was around, hey, bringing edge and bringing mixed reality together with 5G to really create some powerful use cases. And it just hasn't happened. And to your point, you're the expert in the firm around mixed reality. There's doesn't seem to be anything over the horizon. Yeah, it's interesting. But let's go to my third and final Turkey of the year. And I'm going to talk about Rakuten, not the mobile network operator division of Rakuten, but actually Symphony. And so we've talked about this on prior podcasts. 
Um, Rockets Hill has been a very early poster child. Uh, further ahead of um, deploying highly disaggregated open cellular networks uh, than uh, that of uh, DISH, they bloodied their toes and their knees and that sort of thing over, over, the, over time. But they hope about a year and a half ago to pull those lessons, those learnings together and help other operators that were embarking on VRAN and OpenRAN simplify and streamline their operations. And Stephanie, it got off to a, a pretty solid start. They had one big mobile network operator that had committed a significant amount of dollars to Daemons. That deployment, you know, it, it, it got implemented, but more of proof of content. But then flash forward recently to this year, basically Symphony was unable to find um, any additional customers. There was a complete reorganization. Tarek ended up leaving the company. They've appointed new leadership and it just seems like things have stalled. I haven't really heard a lot of new news out of the Symphony group and some world is a part of that as well. And so, hey, give them credit for doing this, but I was very doubtful because as you and I know, we spent, we spent a lot of time with mobile network operators, not only in the United States, but in Europe and in Asia. These are very competitive companies. Just look at when John Legere was with uh, T-Mobile and like all the ribbing that, that he, he pointed for AT&T and Verizon. It's very highly competitive. And a lot of, a lot of these mobile network operators and communication service providers, they're vying for a competitive advantage. And so I, I thought, hey, it was, it was a great effort, but certainly this becomes probably my third 5G Turkey of the year. Docomo, I spent time with Docomo uh, last week when I was in Tokyo uh, at the NTT R&D forum. They have launched a platform called Orex, O-R-E-X, which, which hopes to do replicate what Symphony tried to do with blueprints and a focus around open RAN and building an ecosystem uh, of different partners. Dell Technologies is, is doing the same thing, but certainly, and I'll, and I'll add open RAN as a runner up to a 5G Turkey award. We haven't seen the adoption in open RAN that I think everyone hoped. And I've shared lots of theories on prior podcasts. There are different ways to get to market with open RAN. And there, there are different uh, solutions that are being provided by the traditional infrastructure providers, as well as um, software-only companies, startups, and those sorts of things. So there are lots of different paths to get there. Where I do think OpenRAN will play a significant role will be in private cellular deployments. LTE has enjoyed, I think, great momentum. We still haven't seen the adoption around 5G. I think that's going to change. And I think I've predicted that on other podcasts. I think as we move into 2024, I think you're going to see more 5G network adoption with Cisco out there offering solutions, Hewlett Packard Enterprise, Dell Technologies, as well as other companies like Salona and NCT that are focused on it there. At the end of the day, sorry, Rakuten Symphony and SunWorld, I've got to give you my third and final 5G Turkey award. But hey, you know what? I think it was a valiant effort. But at the end of the day, what the company did was just reshuffle management and they pushed Tarek out who I think he's a real visionary. And I think he's landed at uh, Aramco, I believe he's, he's in the middle East and he's helping with their effort. And so it'll be interesting to see what Tarek does next year, but I'll leave it, I'll throw it back to you for final thoughts before we go to your third and final turn. Yeah, I, I agree with this take. I think it's quite clear that they missed the mark because Tarek is gone. Uh, I think that was. That was their indication that, that things are not good and that they want change. But I got to be honest with you, I don't think 
getting rid of Tarek is the solution. I just think that's the, the Japanese way of managing through a crisis, not even the Japanese, the Japanese business way of managing through a crisis. And yeah, I, I think they've obviously spent a lot of money on this and lost a lot of money on it. So they want results, which I get, but uh, I, I think they could have handled it better. And I think that's the reality of the situation. And to your point, it wasn't really what people had hoped it would be. And they didn't really get enough customers, which is a good point. And I also think that maybe this effort was a little late in terms of the the up, uptake of 5G networks. That said, there are still lots of 5G networks that have to be deployed. So there's a, still an opportunity for this to be successful down the road, but it very much has not been successful yet. And I agree with that. Yeah. Like I mentioned in TT and Orax, it'll be interesting to see as they move into another what what the, and the uptake will be with their platform, because again, they're following a similar recipe that Symphony was following. But let's move to your third and final topic. And you want to talk about Go. And we have talked about GoGo in prior podcasts. Yes. So GoGo gets my final 5G turkey because they were supposed to have launched their 5G service in 2021 when they first announced it. Yeah. It's now near the end of 2023. And their service is still not available. Nothing. Um, supposedly, they have deployed the coverage component of their 5G network. But they have not deployed the in-plane equipment yet. Isn't that important? It is. <laughs> but the reason for that is because they have had multiple chip delays due yeah. to outsourcing chip design to a firm that was probably designed to save them money, but sound like ended up costing them a lot of money. Yeah. And yeah, I'm honestly, I'm surprised they never worked with a Qualcomm or a MediaTek to get a custom silicon solution. MediaTek literally has a portion of their business that does this. Mm -hmm. um, if they weren't happy with what Qualcomm's offering, they could have gone to MediaTek. Because it's a terrestrial solution. It's not like they're, you know, doing satellite. They right. don't NTN or anything like that. And it wouldn't be fast enough. But yeah, we are paying more for in-plane services because there's less competition because this service isn't available. Hopefully, it will come out in 2024. The expectation is mid-20. I, I think that at this point, Go is not a Go, but will be mm -hmm. next. No um, yeah, exactly. But they're a well-known entity. They're a well-known quantity. And it's just really disappointing that they, they continue to slip. We do need, we do need competition. And what I'm hoping as we see the maturity of what Starlink is doing and AST Space Mobile, that there'll be different options that leverage lower orbit as well, but I will tell there, but. Hey man, it's been, this was a fun sort of concept. I'm looking forward to doing this every year. I hope you had a great Thanksgiving and anything special. Not really went to my mom's house, family gathering. She almost messed up the turkey this year. Uh, but, but, last year she actually messed it up. We did yeah. have turkey, but we also had backup chickens and yeah. my wife and I made a pie and brought that over. So uh, it was like a pretty traditional Thanksgiving, just spending time with family and friends.
Nice, nice. I did the same. So I spent the first half of the day with my good friend, Leslie, who I worked with at Dell 20 years ago, and we're still friends and her family. And then we went over to my brother's uh, in the evening and we, we saw lots of cousins and, and aunts and we had a great time. I, I stopped trying to do turkeys many years ago because I'd always screw them up. And so we would just order from HEB, which is a very large grocery chain um, here in Texas based in San Antonio, they do a great job, but I do smoke a duck and I brined it for the first time and it came out fantastic. And so I was a hero with, with my youngest daughter. He spent some time with me, but it's Thanksgiving. It's just all about spending time with, with family and friends. And it sounds like you had a great time and I did too. And we hope that our viewers and listeners also had a great Thanksgiving. And we hope that you've enjoyed this special 2023 inaugural 5G Turkey Award edition. So with that, Angel, why don't you take us home? Absolutely. I'll also add, we hope that you all have a safe and productive Black Friday, whether you choose to buy buy electronics. And I'll throw this out there. Don't buy sub $500 laptops. You will regret it. I promise you. Yeah, I read your tweet on that or it was a LinkedIn post. And I would encourage viewers and listeners to go check out Anshul's handle because solid analysis there. Don't get suckered in with the low price point. Absolutely. We hope our viewers and listeners on this week's, week's topics interesting. If anyone out there would like to provide insights on a specific 5G topic for a future podcast, please reach out to us on social media. Will is at Tech and I'm at Electrosog. We hope you have a great weekend and please tune in again next week and don't forget to rate us and subscribe.